Welcome to DePaul Download. I'm your host, Linda Blakely, Vice President of University Marketing and Communications. University campuses across the country have been disrupted by the spread of COVID-19. By mid-March, the lives of every DePaul student, staff, and faculty member changed as nearly all learning and operations efforts moved online. In a matter of weeks, spring quarter classes were switched to remote learning, and a majority of DePaul faculty and staff adjusted to working from their homes. Even day-to-day interactions have switched from face-to-face conversations in classrooms, offices, and public spaces to phone calls, emails, and Zoom meetings. Now, well into the spring quarter, the DePaul community wants to hear what the future holds. Will in-person classes at DePaul resume in the fall? Will COVID-19 permanently alter university operations? While many details are still unknown, President Esteban shares his thoughts on these topics and more from his home office. Thank you, Dr. Esteban, for joining me today from your telework station. Thank you, Linda. How did we get from a regular winter quarter to primarily remote operations and teaching in a matter of days? As you can imagine, it was a Herculean effort by a lot of individuals uh, from across campus. I'd be remiss not to thank our COVID-19 task force led by Jeff Bethke and Provost uh, Selma Ganem. But we also had a lot of individuals who were very focused on this. Uh, and that includes our Center for Teaching and Learning, who assisted our faculty, and I'd have to call out our faculty as well, for what they did in taking just 10 days to convert from uh, what they thought was going to be a on-campus presence to an online community or a remote community almost overnight, and also information systems. So it was a truly a community effort which made it all possible. And what have you learned about DePaul through this conversion? I'd say one of the things you realize is how strong the mission resides in our community. Uh, the dedication to others, and that's exhibited, for example, by our essential workers who to this day are still uh, on campus uh, every day of the week, so to speak. It's the caring I've seen in all the meetings I've been able to be part of. It's resilience, ingenuity, and it's just the plain uh, overall spirit of DePaul, which is we can do this as a community. And then what have you learned about yourself? One of the things I learned through this whole process is the importance of community, right? We take for granted uh, the importance of community, family, and so on, because we get all wrapped up in our own world, especially as we start to uh, live our lives on campus and so on. Uh, And you sometimes forget that the university is this large community. So through all the Zoomy things and all of this, uh, I've gotten to know more and more individuals, uh, faculty, staff at DePaul. And you realize this really is a community. So that sense that no man is a island and that we're all in it, the sense that we have to sacrifice for a greater good by following all the guidelines, social distancing. And I think the other piece is you realize what the priorities are in life, so to speak. So we're beginning to think beyond this quarter and looking forward a bit to fall and asking ourselves, so 
What has been forever changed? For instance, will we ever shake hands again? If you ask me, one of the joys of uh, being in a university community is the closeness we feel to each other. And I remember that as a faculty member, uh, being in close contact with our students, sitting down with them, mentoring them, talking about their plans and so on, to becoming an administrator, dean, and the interaction as president with the community outside DePaul, other than the community within DePaul. And you realize that part of that is the breaking of bread, shaking of hands, uh, and all the other things. Uh, I think what uh, I miss the most actually is the sense of the touch, I guess, uh, uh, among other things. Uh, just meeting people uh, and shaking hands, hugging, and all of that, which are all no-nos under today's environment. And I hope and I plan that in the future we'll be shaking hands again, we'll be breaking bread with each uh, other, enjoying great conversations over breakfast, lunch, or dinner, uh, and going, to some sense, back to normal, knowing that it will also never be the same. But are there things that we've stopped doing that we shouldn't resume? I think sometimes we, and I'm not sure if this answers the question you can tell me, is we sometimes take things for granted. Right? Uh, and I say that because uh, I find great joy uh, when the, my wife and I, when Joe and I get out uh, either early morning when there's no one up and about or late. We go out with our masks and all the other things. We have gloves and, uh, and just walking and just spending time with each other. We spend a lot of time uh, physically in, in our apartment. Uh, but then we're separate because she's doing something and I'm doing something. Uh, and you forget that the small things really matter. Uh, just walking, just chatting and so on. Uh, so that's something which I think uh, sometimes we forget is really important. And in terms of not resuming, I think it's just not taking things for granted. And just keeping in mind that we're all in this community which involves a lot of people some of whom are more vulnerable than others. And I think that's one thing I realized. I was just in a meeting earlier, and one of the things we talked about was, and we assume that with uh, Zoom and so on, uh, hopefully it's a leveling environment for some of our students uh, who may not be able to come to campus for this and that, they're working and this and that. But then you realize also, we're hearing now from our students, who say that, you know what, I don't have the technology at home, uh, or I don't really have a good Wi-Fi connection, I'll have to find one. So all these things, which uh, I think uh, sometimes we forget, we always have to keep in mind that there's always someone uh, who's suffering more than we are, and we always have to keep that person in mind. I think this time has also made us question what things are essential and what things aren't. And it's part of the self-discovery that I think we're all going through in such a trying situation. But I want to ask you too, has this experience prompted DePaul to reorder the university's priorities? I'm not sure if you might use the term reorder versus strengthening our priorities. Uh, students have always been at the forefront 
of everything we do at DePaul. And I think uh, this experience has even fortified or strengthened that commitment to our students, especially to the students we say we want to serve. Uh, we've always seen higher ed at DePaul as a mechanism, a vehicle to change the trajectory of the students' lives, of the students we serve. Uh, we're big into saying that uh, we want to increase the social mobility of the students we serve. And I think uh, what's happened with what's been happening, it's only strengthened our resolve to find ways to serve our students in maybe new and very intriguing mechanisms, for example, this remote or online environment we're operating in and providing student services. Are there other ways we can even strengthen that commitment? So that commitment actually has become stronger. The focus on trying to provide access to a quality uh, education that leads to social mobility, I'd say has become even stronger moving forward. The unexpected can force reflection and conversation on very serious questions. In recent weeks, one recurring question has focused on protecting the vulnerable among us as we weigh the risk involved in opening up again. How have these discussions affected you? One of the things which troubled me early on was the strong push to reopen or not even close to begin with and saying that, oh, losing X number of lives is acceptable uh, for the sake of the economy. And that's troubling to me in that uh, we're basically saying that there's a economic value we should put on human lives. And that's troubling as a society if that's the direction we're headed. I realize that uh, at some point we need to open up, but we also have to have that guided by the best science and information that's available and not do it for purely economic or purely political or any other reason other than that it's time. Science says it's safe if we practice certain things. And it's challenging. It was very disturbing to me that we even engage in these discussions about, well, it's okay. It's almost like you go to a war and it's okay to have 50,000 or 100,000 fatalities. It's just the cost of going to war and so on. That really disturbs me. And I think as a Catholic Vincentian institution, that's not consistent when we talk about Vincentian personalism and the dignity of life. Another topic for you. Many high school seniors are making decisions about college without having set foot on the campuses they are considering. What is DePaul doing to help prospective students get to know our university? A few weeks ago, actually, we put up a microsite where prospective students can just go to it's a one site for everything. You can look at everything from virtual campus tours, uh, all these things, financial aid information, uh, talk to a admissions counselor. It's all in one site. The other thing is we recently had a uh, open house, so to speak, a virtual open house. I think the first time we've ever done this, we had about 1,400 plus register for it, and it was done via uh, Zoom, so to speak, and we had 886 show up. 
these were students who had deposited, uh, students who had not deposited uh, freshmen for class of 21 or 22. And 886 just refers to the number of students. It didn't include parents, guardians, friends who were sitting next to them since we couldn't count that. And in this open house, we talked about, uh, Joe and I gave the welcome and uh, Carlene was there from admissions. And then we broke them out into different sections where they got to meet with faculty. They could talk to financial aid counselors. They could talk to just about anyone we normally have them talk to as if we were doing it in person. And we're exactly exploring the possibility of doing that again in the future because we're pleasantly surprised when you do these things and you see that 1,400 red registered, you say, well, do you get 20% show up? So when we were watching it, because we could watch how many were in the waiting room, it was kind of exciting to see, oh, there, there's 300, 400, 600, 800. Then they started to let people in and the number kept going up. We have a number of mechanisms. Uh, we also have a lot of uh, correspondence with students in our database who filed for admission at DePaul and haven't deposited. And we're directing them to all these resources. Well, some good is coming out of this. What would you anticipate will be some of the budgetary impacts of the pandemic? We've had meetings with uh, faculty leadership as well as staff leadership and uh, joint council among other groups. And we've started to talk about what next year might look like. We've also been looking at what's happening across the country. And some of the estimates we see are anywhere from 15, 20% drop in enrollment on average for universities across the country. And that doesn't include international enrollment. And it's a combination of high school seniors deciding not to go to college and also continuing students and maybe not having the resources uh, to go to college. And that's a very sobering thought for an institution to look at 15 to 20% drop in enrollment. We know states are having difficulties with the loss of revenues. And as an institution, we rely on the state for MAP grants, the Monetary Assistance Program. So as an institution, we're planning for different scenarios which may include anywhere from maybe a 10 to 20% drop in revenues uh, and planning around a 15 or so percent drop in revenues uh, and just starting to think in terms of what the implications of that might be. We plan to engage the larger community uh, in these discussions and we're going to be forming groups to uh, start to think of these things. So what you're telling me is that we will likely be returning to a different DePaul. What advice do you have for a university community living through the rapid change that we must travel on the road to the new normal? I think we have to continue to play on our strength. We've always shown that we have the ability to be very flexible, adaptable, that we are realistic, that we take in what's around us, and we make uh, adjustments as appropriate. And we've seen that with the COVID-19 uh, uh, response. Uh, 
one of the things we know is we've always invested in the future. So even as we made this swift transition, one of the things we quickly realized is we have this learning platform and the vast majority of our faculty were already engaged in that platform or were familiar at least with that platform. And when I contrast that to my colleagues across the country, uh, they were starting from maybe 20%, 30% of their faculty knowing about their uh, online or distance platform. So we've always been very forward thinking. So as we move forward, we have to be adaptable, flexible, but we also have to think longer term. The plan, the time to plan for longer term growth is now and today. Yes, you take care of the short term, which is next year, but then you also plan for the longer term, which is unfortunately two, three years out, so to speak. So that's the biggest challenge. Uh, so I think the new normal, even for the fall, as we look at what we plan to do with the fall, uh, we hope to be able to make decisions on that front uh, in the very near future. Uh, right now, we're tentatively setting uh, around mid-June as the date by which we make a decision, uh, but we still have to have more discussions on that and what form format our presence might be moving forward. Thank you, Dr. Esteban, for taking some time today to speak with me about this all-consuming topic. It has been quite a unique journey for the entire DePaul community these past few weeks. I look forward to seeing you again on campus, hopefully sometime soon. I'm Linda Blakely. Thank you for listening to this episode of DePaul Download, presented by DePaul's Division of University Marketing and Communications.